know, just like all the men and the women who have sacrificed so much for us, for us to be free, to live in a country where there are no boundaries, where we can live, we can worship our God, we can do whatever we please. In the same way, God sent his son, Jesus, as a sacrifice for us so that we can be free, so that we can live in eternity with our God. There is such freedom in the Lord. There is such freedom in God's presence. And when we know him personally, we don't have to be all bound up. We can walk in God's freedom. So let's just sing that part again. I can hear the sound of your freedom coming down. That God will release us where we can walk in his freedom and experience all that God has for us. I can hear the sound of your freedom coming down. I can hear the sound of your freedom coming down. I can hear the sound of your freedom coming down. Your freedom coming down. Your freedom coming down. I can hear the sound of your freedom coming down. I can hear the sound of your freedom coming down. I can hear the sound of your freedom coming down. Your freedom coming down. Your freedom coming down. I can hear the sound of your sweet freedom now. 
Lord, truly today we thank you so much for your amazing grace. Father, thank you for your love that's never ending. Father, your new mercies that are new every morning. Father, thank you so much. Father, we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, you all may be seated. Good morning, everyone. I would like to extend a warm welcome to you and all of our veterans in attendance today. Today, we want to honor all of you who served our nation, whether within our borders or abroad. You answered our nation's call to duty and paid the ultimate sacrifice no matter the cause or reason. We are so proud of the men and women who have played an important part in defending our freedoms throughout our nation's history. But we cannot forget the faces of the prisoners of war. We cannot forget the names of those missing in action. So at this time, we want to remember those who served our nation as heroes on a day that isn't noted on calendars. Please join together as we observe a moment of silence for those who've served our nation as prisoners of war and also the families of those who went to war and never returned. Again, thank you for your sacrifice, and we hope you enjoy our service today.
Glad to be part of a land that's free. Amen. Well, you know, they said, you know, freedom is not free. Right? You know, we, we enjoy freedom and we, uh, we take advantage of freedom, but freedom came with a price. Amen? And today, you know, on Veterans Day weekend, we're just taking the time to acknowledge that sacrifice and acknowledge the price that was paid for our freedom. And, uh, you know, whenever I think about those who sacrificially and faithfully served our country, you know, I think about, uh, about their courage. I mean, I, I appreciate the men and women that dressed up in the uniforms and went out there and served our country. Don't you? Yes. Amen. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, it says this, Be on your guard and stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. And you know, when I think about our veterans, I think about the incredible courage that these men and women uh, have that served our country. You know, I was thinking back, you know, whenever I was like just about graduating high school, and at that time there was... Uh, there was some war that was starting to, to break out. Um, and, uh, you know, they were considering the draft. They were considering drafting again. You know, making you go sign up. Not drafting, but just go and sign up so they know who to pull from. And I can remember at that time thinking about that. And I was like, I want to I hide. Because I don't want to go sign up. You know, great courage, Right? But you know what? There are people that volunteered to go sign up. They didn't want to run away. They wanted to go sign up. And so whenever I think about veterans and I think about our men and women that served our country, man, he got courage. Are y'all with me today? I mean, I'm just amazed. You know, not many professions require more courage than those who serve in our military. Amen? Amen. And, and, you know, whenever I think of what is courage, it's the ability to face fear, danger, difficulties, and adversity without cowering down or running away or giving up. And whenever I was thinking about just having to go serve the country, I was cowering down. I was fearful of doing that. And then I hear people that volunteered to just go sign up because they want to serve their country. Wow, to serve normed services, you have to face fear head on, don't you? You have to have a strength, you have to have a courage, you have to have a, 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 a fortitude inside of you to just go out there. And, and think about the courage these men and women possess. First of all, you know, whenever you think about it, they, they sign up to, to go in the military knowing that they're going to endure physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. They're going to be pushed beyond the level that they've never, ever faced before. Yet they sign up anyway. And then you think about, they know they're going to be separated from all their family and their loved ones. They, you know, first of all, you got to go to six, eight months of training, whatever it is, to begin with. And then you get your orders and then you go somewhere. And so, you know, they know they're going to go through this extensive 
training. They sign up anyway. They know they're going to be separated from their family and their friends, and they sign up anyway. And they know that there is a very high probability and possibility that they're going to go out there and face combat. That they're going to have, they're going to, have to face active combat. And see, that's the thing about me. It's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Because there's something inside of me that, that fears that whole agenda. But yet there are men and women all the time, all over the United States, that go down to the recruiting office and sign on the dotted line and say, I want to serve our country. I'm thinking they made of something I'm not. But I appreciate them. Because they, they know what they face, but they sign up anyway. Somebody said... You know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the strength to face it. How many of you know we need courage in our land today? We need courage in our society today. Courage is that inner strength that allows you to push past your mental and past your emotional fears or the dangers that you might face. And so whenever you sit back and you think about the men and women in uniform, those that served... You know, you think about the courage they possess. And I know some people say, well, yeah, but some of them, they didn't give a chance to go sign up. They got drafted. Even more so. They got drafted, but they didn't cower down. They didn't run away. They stood up and they served our country faithfully. Amen. They're not AWOL. They didn't take off and leave the country They served our country. Praise God for that. Hey, listen, what courage it takes to wear a military uniform. I am greatly impressed and I am greatly honored to be among the military. Courage is often the tipping point between success and failure. We all need courage, not just men and women in uniform. But, you know, there is a great example of the difference courage can make that's recorded in the Bible in the nation of Israel. And you remember this when Joshua was called on by God to serve his country, to serve his nation. They were at the part where, at the point in history where there's a great promised land that God has for them, but there's many adversaries, there's many enemies that are in the promised land, and somebody has to have the courage to lead the nation of Israel who, has, who doesn't really want to go and fight those battles and has to lead them into the promised land. And he called, Joshua is called upon by God, and, and he is asked of the Lord to lead the people into the promised land. And this is the word, the exhortation that God gave Joshua. He said in Joshua 1 and 7, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Now, of all the things that God could have told Joshua, of all the encouragement he could give him, he tells him, be strong and very courageous courageous. Why do you think he told Joshua and exhorted Joshua to be so courageous? I believe it's because he needed to hear that. You know, listen, Israel's success as a nation depended on Joshua's ability to be strong and courageous. Well, I mean, think about it. If Joshua would have kind of looked over in the promised land, saw the enemies in there, said, man, we're not going in there. Those guys are going to fight. Let's just stay out here in the wilderness. God had destined for them to go in the promised land. But you know what? The nation of Israel needed somebody 
that had enough strength and fortitude on the inside of them to stand up and say, regardless of how big the enemies are, regardless of the fight ahead of us, God has called us to go into the promised land. Let's go in. Be strong and very courageous, he says. Joshua had to face, immediately after they went into the promised land, a fortified city called Jericho. It was a tightly walled and shut up city. And there's no way that they could go into the promised land without facing Jericho. And Joshua had to go into that city and defeat that enemy for them to go into their destiny and the purpose that God had for them. And so God calls Joshua to do something that in his natural strength, he didn't have it in him to do it. But through the grace of God, he was able to go in. How many of you know the grace of God will bring you places that you'll never go in your own? Amen. And so Joshua takes the the challenge and he faces the strongest and most fortified city of all in Canaan land, Jericho. It was an intimidating stronghold. And through the instruction of God, the nation of Israel is led by the courageous leader. How many of you know fear is contagious? Fear is contagious. If Joshua would have said, I'm scared, fear would have ran through the ranks of Israel. But that's not what Joshua did. He said, the Lord said, let's go in, let's go in. Joshua 6 and verse 1, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. And so with the assurance and instruction from God, Joshua courageously attacked and defeated the city of Jericho. And the Bible says in verse 20, When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted at the sound of the trumpet, And when the people gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed, so every man charged straight in and took the city. You know what? The city was overtaken, and Israel was able to move into the promised land and achieve their destiny. Why? Because of courage. And here's the point. Courage is often the tipping point between success and failure. You know, think about Israel's prosperity and success depended on Joshua's courageous leadership, if Joshua hadn't courageously led them, they would have stayed and died in the wilderness. Remember, there was another story of a leader that was leading Israel. They sent in spies, and they came back with a report, and they didn't courageously lead the nation to where they needed to be, and the Bible says they died in the wilderness. Now, I want you to think about America. Where would America be today if somebody didn't have the courage to face danger in the face. Where would America be if somebody didn't have the courage to face adversity and to stare face down in the face and say, I'm not cowering to you, I'm not giving in to you, I'm facing you and I'm moving forward. America has enjoyed the blessings that we enjoy today because of great men and women that courageously have gone out and have fought for our country. Amen? Yes, amen. You know the thing about courage, it's often the context in which God's grace flows. It's the context in which God's grace flows. Joshua experienced God's grace on his life, and Israel experienced grace on their life because of courage. There's something about courage. It attracts the grace of God. And so, you know, in Joshua 1.9, when he says, Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Courage attracts the grace of God. Fear detracts the grace of God. Amen. And so listen, Jesus Christ faced the cross with courage. Amen? I mean, listen, whenever you read the story about Christ on the cross, you know, it wasn't just like this this easy deal. You know, we read the the story in the Garden of Gethsemane where he agonized in prayer and and the sweat, even like drops of blood. He was was struggling with this whole whole, uh, cross that he had to face. But you know, because Jesus Christ courageously faced the cross, the grace of God was released on the land today. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice what this verse says. He endured the cross. He didn't run from the cross. He didn't hide from the cross. He didn't shrink back from the cross. He endured the cross. Because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And as a result of him not cowering down and courageously facing the cross, today you and I can receive grace upon grace upon grace. That's the good news. Amen. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love had no man that he laid down his life for a friend. Listen, Jesus courageously died on the cross so that you and I could receive grace in our adversity today. I don't know where you're at, what you're going through. But you know what? There's grace for the forgiveness of sins. The Bible says sin separates us from God. Sin disqualifies us from eternal life. But you know what? Because Jesus courageously faced the cross, my sins can be forgiven. I can receive grace for my sins, be washed of my sins, and I can receive eternal life. Thank God for a warrior that was willing to be courageous. Amen. The Bible says... The grace of God has been released for emotional and for physical and mental healing. Thank God for the courageous leadership of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that I can live a peaceful life. I can have grace flowing through my soul. And I can have peace and I can live a blessed life because of the courageous leadership of a great warrior named Jesus Christ. How many of you know that there is a natural war and there is a spiritual war? And Jesus fought the spiritual war and he defeated the enemy when he died on the cross. I'm grateful he didn't cower down and give up. John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. I don't know what you're facing today. You might be in the middle of a great adversity. You might have a decision to make right now. And right now, you feel like running away. Right now, you might feel like cowering down. Right now, you might feel like giving up. Can I encourage you to not give up, but be courageous? Can I encourage you to not cower down, but face your adversity, face your cross, face it, face it, stare it down in the eyes and say, through the grace of God, I'm not going to give up, run away, cower down. I'm going to face my adversity so I can receive the grace of God. Who receives the grace of God? Those who are willing to courageously face their dangers, their adversity, and their fear. So I want to encourage you today. Don't give up. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Amen. And so today, you know, we're here and we're honoring, we're honoring God because had it not been for the grace of God, where would we be today? But you know what? We're also here to honor the men and women in uniform. You know, whenever I think about this, I, I read a stat not long ago that, you know, when most, most the military people are, not most, but a lot of them, after they've served our country and they come back and live the civilian life, many of them have seen and have experienced such terrible things. They have, they have memories. They have, they've, they've been scarred with some of the experiences. Who is going to help them? Who is going to minister to them? They need somebody to fight for them. They need somebody to stand up for them. And so to all our veterans that are here today, I want you to know that you have an elder brother. His name is Jesus Christ. That was the great warrior of all warriors. And he loves you with a greater love that no man could give you. And he knows exactly where you are, what you're dealing with. And his grace has been released on this land today for all of them. Amen? So I think we should, we should show a great, great amount of gratitude and of honor to all our men and women who faithfully, who humbly served our country. Because because of their sacrifice, today I can preach the gospel from this pulpit. Amen? Today I can pray over my food in public because somebody went out and fought for the rights and the freedoms of America. Amen? Listen, I want you to I want you to, to hear a song. 10, 11 years ago, I think it was 11 years ago, a man sat down and penned some words to a song. Talking about the sacrifice that our, our men and women make whenever they serve in the military. And it's just a powerful song that just kind of brings and marries together this, this whole this whole sacrifice of, of our military and our, our servants that have served us, as well as the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And it comes from a great context of being in a military family. And so uh, I want you to welcome Brother Mike Williams as he shares this song with us. Thank you, Pastor. My father, uh, Colonel Clyde W. Williams, uh, served in the military for 30 years, all throughout my upbringing. And he fought in World War II, Korea, and during the Vietnam War. Uh, he was a bomber pilot during World War II. And Brother Francis asked me, I guess 11 years ago, um, if I could write a song. And how do you write a song to truly express? appreciation to all those who serve. And my mom had passed away, dad passed away a lot of years back, but my mom had passed away recently and we discovered that my father wrote 400 letters to her during uh, the war years, the early war years, World War II. 
and I got to one of my older sisters. She uh, she keeps them over in Georgia. She sent me the the last ninety letters that represented uh, his I think thirty five missions over Japan that he flew, and uh, I wanted to know what's the heart of the soldier, the one who's there. And the letters really blew me away. They were really simple. Uh, of course, they were love letters to my mom, but the letters also represented his, his courage and his heart for his country, his heart for God, his heart for his wife and, and baby daughter he'd never seen yet. So when I sat down and asked the Lord to help me write this, it was like my dad was right there to help write the song. So this is for all you vets with great appreciation and in honor of my dad. Sacrifice, bought our right to say. 
others may live. No greater love has any man that he would lay down his life for others. The soldier is a picture of God's great love for mankind in sending his son to destroy the works of our enemy, the devil. Jesus, in perfect obedience to his father and for the love of his family, willingly paid the ultimate price. At the cross of Calvary, where Christ chose to die for me, my sins were washed away, set free from slavery. Abundant life, sweet peace with God. Thank you, Brother Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much. I asked Brother Francis to come and greet you. Brother Francis is the one that taught me how to appreciate the veteran. Uh, I, I guess I did to some extent, but he helped me to really understand and appreciate the veteran. And so I asked him if he would come and just greet you and just uh, share some thoughts. You know what helps is to be around veterans and see them and feel them, and touch them, talk with them, listen to them, and you gain more respect for them and honor. I met a World War II veteran just a while ago, Todd. He's from Kaplan. He's 88 years old. Where is he? There he is, right over here. There he is. I was looking the wrong way. World War II, ladies and gentlemen.
They become living monuments right in front of us. And I appreciate them. I was three years old, I think, when Japan invaded Hawaii. So I, I don't remember too much of that. I remember the Korean War a little bit because my brother was in it, but I was still young. And by the time uh, the draft was to draft me, I was at the age of 18 in 1956. They didn't need anybody. It was peacetime. So I went to school, and that put me further down the line. And I got married. That put me way down. They wouldn't draft anybody. I didn't get married to not get drafted. (laughs) Don't tell my wife that. (laughs) But that's what happened. And then in 1962, I was called into another army, the Lord's Army, where I was to give my life, not facing bullets and bombs and everything else, facing ridicule of serving Jesus Christ. Uh, Sometimes when somebody laughs at you, it's worse than a bullet. So I knew I had to be willing to face ridicules, criticism, everything else to serve God especially where I was living in the little town I was living. But God raised us up and and, uh, started this church here. And um, I wasn't thinking veterans and military for a long time until about 20 years ago in the early 90s. I'm going to read from my paper. I got a problem. I wanted to keep it short and precise, so I'm going to read to you. But I discovered a problem this morning in the early service. When you start getting tears in your eyes, you can't see the paper. (laughs) So that's rough. (laughs) It makes me cry. About 20 years ago, Americans gathered to welcome our veterans as they returned home from Desert Storm. You remember that? early 90s. Locally, the Cajun Dome was filled with vets, families, and well-wishers. Some of you may have been there. Maria Placer led the effort as a nation. Simultaneously, something came on us. We realized we had sinned against a group of veterans, the Vietnam vets. A forgotten generation. And it woke us up. And I wanted so much to to recover and lead my people to recover for, for ignoring and trashing the Vietnam vets as they had returned home. And I had people in the congregation that told me their stories about the t- when they returned from Vietnam, the treatment that they had. Said, we can't do this. The curse of God will be on us for treating people like that. So about 15 years ago, another thing happened. Our own Desert Storm veteran in the church, her name was... Carol Piku, some of you remember her? She inspired me to start a a veterans recognition. recognition. Um, 
She, I better stick to my notes. She inspired me <laughs> to a veteran's appreciation ceremony. And in the mid-90s, we had our first one. And it went so well, we continue doing it every year with help from veterans organizations in, in town. I really don't know how to thank the scores of people who gathered to keep the honor alive. I have a little lady, though, Lillian Manuel. She's the one that started earliest with me and stayed with me the whole time. Lillian, you still here? Lillian, would you stand and let everybody see you? She's the one that kept our vision going every year and getting the service together. I thank you, Lillian. Among all the stories I've heard, people I've met, vets I've seen, parents that I met who lost their children in war for the sake of our nation, Please allow me to conclude with two particular remarks. Through doing all this, uh, one lady called me up or she met me. I, I don't know. I don't remember which. She said, Brother Francis, I got to tell you something. My husband was a Vietnam vet. He had flashbacks. At night, he would wake up in a fit, having a flashback of a battle in Vietnam. There was no cure for it. And he suffered from this, and she suffered from it, too, also seeing him like this. But what happened, he came to his first Veterans Appreciation Ceremony here. And he said, told his wife, he said, this is the first time... First time everybody, anybody ever stopped to thank me for my service in the service. And she told me, Brother Francis, he has never had a flashback since. <laughs> he was cured of the, the flashbacks. That's good enough right there, huh? <laughs> Tell somebody thank you. Tell somebody thank you for serving. They'll appreciate it. And you might set them free. On the lighter side, if you don't mind, I was at a Vietnam uh, Veterans Appreciation. Um, Karen Fontenot um, heads it up in Lafayette in the surrounding area. And... Um, I was milling around the veterans, and um, they were taking pictures and everything. And I went to one that was in a wheelchair. He didn't have any legs. And I said, Vietnam? He says, no, bad circulation. <laughs> I said, excuse me, I thought you were a veteran. He said, no.
the veterans I met, something common to them, I've, I've never seen them ask for thanks or require thanks. They were always humble, full of humility, and true honor. They served their country. In fact, they shied away from recognition when we try to recognize them. Sometimes they say, well, I don't want to get, in, get up in front of people, stuff like that. Truly humble people, but people that we must honor. But we must say these people we call our veterans who bravely confronted the enemy, who remain standing for freedom today, who gave all, who served their term, be them they ever so humble, we are facing some of the greatest and honorable people that I know in my life, the veterans of the military services. How many veterans do we have with us today? Could we have you stand before us? Brother Todd, you want to come and and give him an invitation to come up. How about it? These are our men and women. Amen. Would you please stay standing for just a minute? And I'd like for you, if you don't mind, to come forward right here. We have something we want to give you, and we want everybody to see. If you don't mind, just slip right out of the pew and come down here to the front. Amen. Amen. Don't you appreciate these men and women that served our, our great country. And uh, we wanted to take a moment to, to uh, honor you. Brother Francis was asking, is there, we know we have one World War II um, veteran with us. Is there anybody else that served in World War, World War II? You know, when we started this um, 20 years ago, whenever it was, um, we had World War I, World War II, uh, people that would participate. And over the years, we stopped having World War I. They, they all died off. And uh, we are grateful to have uh, a World War II participant with us because there are not many left, and they're considered the greatest generation. Amen? And so we are just so grateful for them. Thanks for being here. Amen. World War II vet. Give us your name. 
Labrie, John Labrie Jr. John Labrie Jr. from Kaplan, Louisiana. Welcome. God bless you. Thank you for serving, my man. He's 88 years young. Amen. And if you would, just stay standing. And I'm going to ask Brother Francis to just pray over, over these, these great men and women and ask God's grace and peace to be with them. I think there these men and women are precious in the sight of God for serving so humbly and courageously. Let's pray for their families, their, themselves, their needs, whatever is going on in their life. We want to ask God to bless them. Father, we place these individuals before you, the veterans of our armed services, giving you thanksgiving for every one of them and for their families, the things that in, they endured. Father, bless them today with the needs of their heart and the needs of their family, the needs of their general life. We thank you for them, and we give them honor in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May they have long and fruitful lives from here on. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, veterans, if you would, just stay up here for just a moment. We have some pinners, and they would like to just pin a pin on you, just uh, in appreciation for your service. And if you have something that you don't want to uh, pin through, just, just open your hand, and they'll be glad to put it in your hand. Ladies, would you go ahead and pin them? Amen. This is, this is the kind of, uh, of, of blessing that we have just milling around with us every day and, uh, and sacrificed. So, so great a sacrifice for us to enjoy our freedom. Amen? Amen. Now listen, as, as, we, uh, as we just take a moment to just pin these veterans, you know, I just want to remind you that, you know, the freedom that we enjoy in the natural is because of the sacrifice and the courage of men and women like you see before you today. But you know what? There's another liberty. There's another freedom that we can have. There's no greater freedom than freedom in the soul. Freedom of the heart. Amen? And Jesus paid that price and sacrificed His life so we could enjoy that freedom. And so I just want to, I just want to encourage you to just uh, consider that. Open your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own, your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. And He's going to make your path straight. Amen? Amen. Well, let's give our veterans a good hand as they get ready to go and have a seat. God bless you. Thank you very much for being here today. You can return to your seat now. And we'd like to just close our service today just uh, with another great song of, of God and country. Amen.
Amen. It's truth. Would you just bow with me? I just want to encourage you today. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's your state of mind. But I want you to I want to encourage you to be courageous. Face your adversity, face your circumstance. Instead of being overwhelmed with fear or instead of running from what you're dealing with today, I want you I want to encourage you. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He died so your, your war on the inside could cease. He died so you could have peace in your heart, and peace in your life. Courage comes from the grace of God. It comes from the Spirit of God. And I want to just encourage you and invite you to open up your heart right now and just say, Lord Jesus, I need your grace. Come on, just open your heart right now and And just call upon the name of the Lord in your your heart. And just say, Lord Jesus, I need your courage. I need your strength. I don't want to give up. I don't want to run away. I don't want to cower because of the, the persecution or the fear that I face. Lord Jesus, I pray that you give every man and woman in this auditorium. I pray that you give them great courage today. May you strengthen them with your power. May your spirit come upon them today. And may they feel the strength that only you can give them. God, may the grace of God be with each and every one of them, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray and everybody said, Amen and Amen.